Warning, the Fetish Finesse with Nisi show contains audio with adult language and sexual content. It is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 and may not be suitable for all adults. Listener discretion is advised. Thursday, guys. Thank you for tuning in this evening to the Fetish Finesse with Nisi, brought to you on He Said What Radio Network.com. I am your host, Nisi, and if you're wondering what this show is about, let me tell you. I found it incredibly important that everyone find peace with who they are and what it is they love. As for me, I love being able to educate people on every bit of intimacy beyond the taboos. This show is for the grown and sexy, so if you have any questions, please be sure to call in during my Ask Nisi segment. That starts at 845. The number to call is 515-602-9647. Again, 515-602-9647, and make sure you press 1. Tonight's topic is bondage, opening up that Pandora box. Humans have superpowers. They get wet without water. They bleed without injury. They make bonus hard and can make a human eat without cooking. Humans that invest in themselves tend to go farther. Fetish finesse is a form of sexual desires in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothes, and a part of the body. Finesse is doing it in a subtle and delicate manner. Welcome to the Fetish Finesse Show on He Said What Radio Network.com. We are happy that you guys tuned in. So my thing is bondage. Opening Pandora box. Establish a safe word. Bondage. Bondage is the BDSM subculture. That is bondage, dominance, submission, and you're like your master. Just to go ahead and just put it, the M in it is the person that is the more dominant. It's what the M that stands in BDSM stands for. It is practice of a consensual tying, binding, or restraining a partner for erotic stimulation. Pandora box came in the way of the Greek mythology, which is connected to an artifact in which one of the um, one of the guys left, Greek guys left, and his name was Hesos, and he was just off and on, coming in and out, doing what he do back in the day, and his wife, you know, ladies, we can be nosy as hell, decided she was going to open a container that was left for her husband, but it was left in her care through the messenger. So this right here influenced the physical and the emotional curses upon mankind. She released the curses. So with all that said, a safe word, and I'm just going down by down, guys. I'm going down the list, just giving you an idea what bondage is, and then we're going to really get into the whole 
big topic, the whole big idea of bondage, because a lot of times when you hear bondage, people are afraid. The first thing they holler is scared. I don't want nobody popping me. I don't want nobody um, being on me. But when you have different your different fetishes out there, which I did week before last, that right there gets you ready and gets you into the more of the sensible part of bondage. The safe word. The safe word is a call or signal used by a person to communicate their physical and their emotional state. Once you decide, you and your partner, that this is what you guys are going to do or partners, you have to sit down and make a light list. Like, this is what you're going to do. This is off the table. It's like a binding contract. We all seen that in Fifty Shades of Grey. That's what, that's what the whole idea about if you want to get everything you can get out of being into the bondage and your Pandora box. This is what you, you know, to get started off, safe words, I will encourage safe words. If you ever listen to Rihanna's song, S&M, and the thought to yourself, you know what, Riri, chains and whips excites me too, and they do. They really do, because at some point in time, when you start having those thoughts about intimacies and what it feels like, instead of taking somebody else's word for it, try it out for yourself. And you also know, anytime, it's just like a virgin. Anytime you're dealing with somebody and you're going to other levels in your life with that, that's where you always come to the table. You always come back to the drawing board, because that person may not be used to it. You're not used to it. So at that point, that's when you do your research, and you be like, okay, then, this is what I sign out to get us into light bondage. This is what I sign out. I want you to understand this is my cold words. And we will get a little more into the cold words. The disadvantage of bondage is um, being a member of this community, people see you as a weirdo. This like can be a major drawback. Um, you might have a particular job or a particular fashion that people frowns up on when it comes down to the, um, to the uh, bondage. It also would take a toll on your relationship. Like it's hard to find somebody that is in the same interest as you. So I'm just trying to figure out like, is it really worth it, or is it something that you can find for you and your partner if you are into it? Maybe you can get into the swinger club if your partner not into it, and then you come to a subtle, like, decision with your partner. That's when you sit down and you have those, you have those writings and you have those talks and you have those, everybody just throw what, whatever they feeling um, on the table. Like, it's like... Um, Hey, I want to be tied up. Hey, I like to be choked. Hey, I've dreamed about this. Hey, you ever thought about this, babe? So um, I'm just trying to figure out, like, is it something that you would be interested in, too? How do you approach your partner? So, and that right there can lead to, like, retaliation, humiliation, disappointment, because what if your partner don't want to do it? And then if you do find somebody, they don't know your body like your partner does, and you don't know if these people will have something um, 
something against you later on, or if it's a couple that that you have dealt with, what if they say and if they want to deal with you again and you'd be like, no, I'm one and done with it, what if they decide they want to retaliate against you? So those are some of the disadvantages that you're running to when you're thinking about, do I want to do bondage? Do I want to open up that Pandora box? Um the main thing that you have to understand about a lot is that finding somebody that is interested in the same thing that you like to do. Also, um, if you used to being a dominant person in your career, in your household, raising your kids, your husband lets you have control, he just bring in the bread, you bring in the bread, but really, uh, let's be honest, women, a lot of things is on us, on our shoulders. Uh, if you're the caregiver of the household, then the thing about it is that we, are you willing to give up control over your vulnerability to your partner? Because if your partner is the dominant and he's telling you or she's telling you, okay, um, I want you to be the sub, and the sub is the person that gives up the submission, is the submissive one. Uh, submission is the one that gives up the control. So you got to have a lot of vulnerability to do that. The dominant or the dominant one is the one that's going to control your control. Honestly, that's all, that's all bondage is about. So when you think about getting over into this world, it may not be for you. Because you're going to have to be a person that can really give up and be vulnerable and have the idea of this is what you want to do. And then it's that trust factor comes in. That's the reason why you create safe words. It can be downright scary. Like, okay, well, would they, would they choke me to the point to where I would pass out and then come back to? You know, a lot of teenagers were dealing with that game. So it can be downright scary. Would they hit me too hard? How would they feel? Would they take try to take pictures and put me out there on the Internet or put me in some kind of website that I don't want to be? So that's where you come in with your rules and regulations and your self-worth. Um, a lot of times people will be just maybe seems too odd to let somebody like to whip you, to chain you, in other words, to restrain you, to torture you. Like it puts you in the mind of being beaten, and I understand that. But that's where you got to understand, too, when you're dealing with the, bond, the bondage life, you have to – terminology is going to be a big thing because you think about it. Let me give you a prime example. If I come up to you and I say, hey, let me burn you with this candle wax. You're going to be like, hell the fuck, no. So, but if I come up to you as your partner and I'd be like, hey, I got this new flavor um, candle, and then once it burn out, you know, it'll turn into oil, and then you can smell it. And then at this point, see, let me put some in my hand. Then I'm going to rub it on, my, on the top of my hand so you can understand it's not going to burn you. It turns into some kind of sensual moisturizer. The thing about bondage is creating the trust between you and your partner. That's the reason why. I know we have bondage uh, community. I actually, as Miss Misa, belong to one, but 
but with your bondage and your bondage community, you have to you have to establish your boundaries, your safe words. Do you want to get into something with this new, or do you and your partner start off slow and every once a month or every twice a month you try to do something different to bring to take your bondage lifestyle to other levels? Okay, people. They actually do the, we call them the dominant or the dominance person. They actually enjoy being dominant. Maybe they don't have control in their household or maybe they don't have a lot of control on how they schedule at the job or just control period in their life down to raising their kids. A lot of times they want to control something. So they have that dominance um, personality. Uh, some people will say, well, this is dangerous. How you know? It looks dangerous. If you look at a lot of your bondage toys, everything looks barbaric, but it's not. I'm just at the point to where I'm at the fence with it. I don't say yay or I don't say nay. I know that it's a different type of gratification. I know that it is a different type of sexual intensity, intensity on doing bondage. That is the reason why your feelings and your personality and everything that you are doing really have to match your partner. And they every, everybody has to be on the same page when they're doing bondage. A lot of times people will feel embarrassed. They'll feel like if they're doing it this way, they have a fear of intimacy. And then sometimes guilt will kick in. Um, a lot of times it is... Um, hard to find somebody that will engage in your bondage, in your kink. That's the reason why we have a lot of the um, communities out here now. They're, most of the time they're underground, and then, you know, you have to go through the rigmaroles of filling out your application. So it's not something that you just join. It is like a, a background check or have you been violent, and it's, it's a lot to it. So a lot of times you find, like, Really, a lot of professional people that gets into this because maybe that's their stressor. You know, they more or less like everything about their life is a stressor for them, so this is the only thing they can control to say, yeah or nay, I want to be here, or yeah or nay, I don't want to be here. So a lot of times um, um, when they say bondage, they think that bondage people that get, get engaged into the bondage does not have a feel of intimacy, which that is wrong. You don't really know how a person feels. It just may be something that will get them to other levels or where their mindset is or where they want to go or they feeling what would help them get there to achieve an orgasm or to have that turn on or to just, you, we don't ever know because everybody in life is just different. So you can't really say everybody that's in bondage don't have intimacy. So when um, I'm still on my disadvantages, guys, of what's to come, and a lot of times um, people think bondage is dangerous. Yeah. Some of the some of the items can be, some of the furniture can be, but that still goes back to talking to your partner, understanding how this particular item works, understanding uh, before you even buy the item, look it up, research it, get your ins and out of it, get your danger points, your your pleasure points, understand how everything works before you just jump in. Bondage is a 
is a society or community that you just shouldn't just jump in. It takes a lot of research. It takes a lot of understanding, and it takes a lot of, even though you have a submissive person and a bondage person, a dominant person with the bondage, both of you guys, when you're sitting down and you're writing out your what you want and what you don't want, that is where everybody put their vulnerability on the table. So that lets me know and that lets your partner know, everybody knows, okay, we're all in. So we're not taking this as a joke. We're all in. We're serious, but we're going to have fun being this way. So you don't start off with the bondage bed or the spike uh, anal pillows. You don't start off like that. You start off with a gentle tie. You start off with a gentle bondage ties like um, you, you when you, at this point don't even do the gag balls until you understand. Um, I would practice with a gag ball first because every toy that you put your hands on, from cookie cutter to me to advantage, every toy has an ends and it's out. There's it do's or it don't. So that's where you got to understand how that particular toy works. So before you decide you want to join a fetish community or a bondage community, because a lot of the fet, fet life um, community, you get into your bondage. So before you decide that's where you're going, you and your partner, you need to understand and do a lot of research on that. So that's where that right there comes from. Um, so what is so dangerous about bondage? Is it bad for your health? Yeah, it is. Anything is bad for your health if you don't do it in moderation. Anything is bad for your health when you don't understand how to use a particular object. Now, bondage can be very satisfying, and it can be very scary at the same time, and it can be very intense. All of this right here can happen. But if your partner understands your safe look, your safe words, or how you're feeling, or before you even step outside into any kind of community, you start at home first, and you get that level of trust between you guys, and you get that level of understanding between you guys. So, yeah, bondage is bad for your hip because some of the tools and some of the furniture that I hear as far as the bondage community, if you don't know how to use that particular product, it can be very harmful. Um I told you guys that I would be doing a disservice if I do not just put it out on the real. You know, I'm big on STDs and SITs, and the reason why I'm that big on it is because I've seen a lot of situations dealing with a lot of patients and everything to where your partner's out there, he belongs to all kind of swinger community, bondage community, everything. He belongs to everything, but he has not let you in on it. And now you don't understand. He's out here, and he might have the same bondage partner every time he goes to this community and engage in certain things, but he's not her only partner. So now you got all of these fluids and switching and swapping of fluids, so you might not have an STD. But there are STIs out there, and that's sexual transmitted infection. Anytime you have a bacterial infection, you cannot get rid of. And the doctor is constantly, constantly trying to, um, every time you go, he's giving you another prescription of antibodies. That's what that means. Those are some of the ideas of dealing with uh, STIs. 
we're big on sexual transmitted disease, but there's other things out there that you can catch and that can be more harmful because we don't pay attention to those type of things. So bondage can be bad for your health. It can be dangerous if you um, if you're not familiar with how everything is rolling. Before you step outside your household, you and your partner is not on one accord. Even if y'all decide to go to a um, a like a fat life or bondage type community and engage in some activities, you need to understand what you're stepping into before you get there. So, but then you know where there's bad things, there are also um, good things. Also, we are here not we are not here to judge. And this show is called Fetish Finesse with Miss Nisi on He Said What Radio Network dot com. Um, we're just here to give you information on all levels, the ins and the outs. Um, bondage also can make you feel some kind of way because a lot of times, especially in our age group, from the 35 all the way up to the past 50 age group, we are not, we are taught that is not the norm for the traditional sex life. That is not the norm. That is not the views on love. Um, We're in 2021, things change. People change. We're not in a traditional um, lifestyle now. What we call traditional, our parents and our grandparents probably would have rolled over in their grave. But that's okay because time's supposed to change. People's supposed to change. The world's supposed to change. Um, Also, just to know the ins and outs, and if you decide you want to start joining one of these communities, you have to understand not to let anybody force any kind of behavior on you that you don't want. Because I told you, bondage is good, but it's also scary as hell when you don't know what the hell you are doing. You got to have a certain type of confidence to get into the bondage where you got to have a certain kind of way to where if you want to give up your vulnerability, because at some point in time, you can't be the dumbest person all the time. You got to switch roles and see how your partner is feeling when you do certain things. So that way, you know, both of you guys are on the same page. So when you say a safe word and you're doing a particular thing, he will, he or she will understand how they feel and why you are saying that safe word. Also, uh, to mention, when you go into these places, um, these fat life communities and um, the bondage community, which is a lot of that here, especially here in Atlanta, you got to understand sometimes you may just go to a club and you decide, well, the night is not over with. I don't want the night to be over with. So let's go here. We know they open. But now do you have protection on you? You should always keep protection on you. But do you have protection on you? Um Bondage can lead to, I told you, STDs, STIs. Now we're talking about unwanted pregnancy. Anytime you are dealing with anybody outside of a committed partner or a spouse, 
you need to protect yourself. But if you're dealing with committed people and they broke that bond between you guys and they broke that commitment, it is time to, if you decide to stay, it is time to protect yourself. You go to the doctor, you get your checkup, you get down to just don't get a pacemaker and let them put it in a uh, pastry dish. You need to get your blood drawn. You need to get tested for herpes, syphilis, everything from head to toe. Venereal wash, you need to get uh, tested for everything, okay? Now, the good thing about bondage is that it increases the dynamic tension between you and your partner. So it's most more or less like if y'all sex life was sort of boring and then you decided, hey, I want to take it to other levels, but it's going to cause us to communicate more to where a lot of times when we get into our day-to-day life, we may we may not be communicating like we should. We just get into this routine of get up, get the kids up, get ourselves together, everybody go to work, come back home, get dinner ready, kids daycare, whatever, pick people up and get homework done and this and that. But at the end of the day, you forgot about your partner. So a lot of times doing bondage or taking it, taking your sex life to a point of no return can actually, actually boost the erotic charge in, in your relationship, in your marriage. Um, you heard me say bondage is something that's sacred. It's not to be done with everybody else. It's something that you keep with a partner that you are very close to, whether you're married or you're in a monogamous relationship. Um, the thing about sex, intimacy, um, juice of juice sex, um, BJs, your sloppy topic, your oral stimulation, your getting to know each other, your meditation, that's how everything looks for you. You know, it's not left up to society to tell us how our sex life should be behind closed doors. Because at the end of the day, they, if you was raised the correct way, what goes on behind closed doors should be business anyway. But since we're out here and we're in year 2021 and everything is on the what social media is the big thing now, everything is on the Internet, you still have to have that mindset. I'm not going to keep up with the Joneses. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deny my partner sex. I'm not going to deny, deny my partner or another way to boost us up as far as behind closed doors because you once heard me say you guys was partner before everything else came in. That means kids, the dogs, the house, the in-laws, the other extended family. So when your partner want to do other things to sort of like boost you up, ain't nothing wrong with it. So... The thing about it is that always, anytime you are starting something new, it's just like you want to start to ride a bike, and you're four years old, you will not take those training wheels off the damn bike. You always have to start, especially when you got two heads trying to run one thing. Everybody wants to be in charge, but you got two heads, two different ways of doing things, two different opinions, two different feelings, two different intimate feelings, sexual feelings, fucking feelings. You name it. So what you have to do is you make a list of activities from his point, your point. You swap papers. You look at what he wants. You look at what she wants. And you decide what activity is a go, what activity is a no-go. And also when you are into the bondage 
and you decide, okay, then we're going to start off slow, you got to ask yourself, how often are we doing this? At what point do we take it outside of the bedroom? Uh, this is how I want your emotional tone to be when you're talking to me. At what time, what kind of environments? We're going to start behind closed doors. What kind of um, toys do we get? What kind of furniture do we get? Bondage get real serious and is bigger than just laying on your back. It's bigger than just having a rose. It's bigger than just having a clip. So for hell, it's bigger than just having the regular what, fur, fur type handcuffs. It's bigger than that. You get in depth, but I'm telling you something. Once you get that pleasure zone down packed and you and your partner is willing to go all in, it is a lifestyle that you will never turn back from. Regular sex and just regular intimacy won't do you. That's something you'll always crave because you know the intensity of it. You know how it makes you feel. It's just like... Orgasmic. You getting ready to try to have an orgasm, you and your partner on that now, but it's coming, you're trying to stop it. It's like the eruption type deal. And it's like this every time because you're not going to stay on the same toys. You're not going to stay on the same furniture. What you're going to do is this works, so let's try something else new. You might work this particular item or contraption for a whole week or two, and that's probably something simple as you swing on your door. He likes that. So now you're going to find a swing with a little more something added to it. And, yes, they do come with things that add to it. You can find that on, he said, what, radionetwork.com. And you can find it on Easy Pleasure, Fetish Finesse. We can be reached for the toys, I promise you. Um, what you also want to do is get clarity of what you want. Like, be realistic. When you're writing down everything you want from your partner, be realistic. Be in real time. Like the stuff you see on TV, it may give you some idea, but that's not your body. So what you do is you be on real time and you talk to your partner about what it is you want. You start, you start it, and you guys set the rule, like, I understand what it is. I understand what bondage is, but nobody can control your level of pain. Nobody understands your partner better than you. So this is a joint effort. So with all that said, you're in real time. You don't want to hurt your partner. Your partner don't want to hurt you. So she may be doing something on TV, but, hey, she's been doing this 20 years. So she can really take a lot of chances because in 20 years of doing something, you become a triple expert at it. So you got to understand and just be realistic. Um, when you do decide to step out with your partner, you have to assign your roles, like who's always in control um, in real life, who's going to be the sub. Are y'all going to switch roles as time go on, or are you just going to always be the sub? You might like that role. That person might like the role of being, your partner might like the role of being the dominant person. And if that's okay, that's okay, because guess what? That's y'all shit. You set the tone on how it's going to go for you and your partner, whether you at home or whether you in a um, bondage kink fetish community. You set the tone and you stay in the tone. You don't let nobody else desire me. There are 
uh, well, we did this and we did that's them. You set the tone on how you want you and your partners go, and this bondage and your Pandora box should never go wrong. But at the end of the day, you got to set the tone. You got to be realistic. You got to understand after maybe two or three weeks of doing this, you come back to the drawing board, you do the check-in, and we call that the aftercare. They even have blankets for that, and, yes, we do carry that also with NisiPleasure.com. The aftercare is when you do something real different with your partner. Anything different with your partner, you come back to the drawing board and you wrap each other up in a cocoon with the blanket and decide, hey, did you like that? You do the check-in. But in the bondage world, they call it aftercare because you have to check in with your partner. You might have got your gratification off and you might have had four or five orgasms, but did you really hear your partner's safe words? Did you really hear what they were saying? Were they in pain? Did they enjoy it? Did you really make sure that you two stayed on the same page? Stay on board with each other because at the end of the day, it's your sex life. It's the rules and regulations that you made for your sex life. And any time that you sit down with a piece of paper and pen and you have a partner and you started making, signing off your boundaries with each other behind closed doors, those are rules of law. And that law is for your life. So you don't let nobody come in and decide how it's going to go. I don't care if they're offering what kind of money, and you shouldn't sell yourself for money anyway. Anything you do behind closed doors with your partner should always be pleasurable. Money can't buy everything. So in show here, can't buy pleasure, not on a concert. Pleasure comes from when you have a partner that you've been with for a very long time. And I'm talking about now because if you got something the last two years, you're doing good. I'm talking about five years or more. That partner should know you down to your scent. They should know when they hear your voice that you're upset. They should know certain things about you. And that's where that safe word get into it. That's the reason why it's always good to do bondage, your fetish, and your kinkiness with people that you already trust. You just adding into it. You taking it to other levels. You boosting what it you already have, and it ain't nothing wrong with that. Cause after five or ten years anywhere being together, should be doing something totally different anyway. But when you're doing something different as far as bondage, your kink and your fetish, you definitely have to check in. You can just have that comfort talk, or you can have an aftercare talk, but you definitely got to check in. And it shouldn't be two or three days later. It should be at a time to where you're both comfortable afterwards. So everything is fresh on everybody's mind. Because if you're not making sure each other is comfortable and satisfied behind closed doors, what's the purpose? You making other people happy? That should never be an answer. You just wrote the law for how your sex life going to go, and then you're ready to take it to other levels. But that's the rules between you and your partner, and no matter what happens, you should never, never, never veer off of that because what what they don't say is bondage comes with a lot of trust. And I can't really break it down no plainer than that. Bondage comes with a lot of trust. You have to be able to trust the person you with. That's the reason why it's good to do these type of things with someone that is there that you've been with. You just adding on to it. You don't take away 
Would I do bondage with a complete stranger? No. Because he might not know how far to go with you. He don't know your pain tolerance level. But you can't get no closer than living with somebody, and then you guys are deciding that you need to take it um, to another level. So you got to understand it's always between you and him. For a prime example, a threesome, you may get into the bondage with that, and that is okay. Um, so the thing about it, you may put the bondage into your threesome. And that's cool with that. But anybody know that, understand about a threesome, you start with your partner and you end that whole situation with a partner. So with all that said, now, this is the thing that a sub may ask a dominant person. How do you feel about our sex life? That's something you can ask. Is there anything I can please you better? Is there anything I can do to please you better? That's another question. Just simple. What do you love about our current sex life? Is there anything you've been hesitated to ask for but would like to try more of? Okay? So that's the sub, submissive person. The dumb is the person that listens the most because you're the dominant person. So in order for everybody's goal to be achieved at this particular time, you have to ask yourself the questions. Answer them. With your partner being a submissive person, she wants to know how you feel. Those are some of the aftercare questions. Um, those are some of the aftercare after care questions that a sub will probably ask the dom. Now, the dom is like his mind, her mind, and it's like, okay, then, let's go. I got this. I've been trying to, I've been trying to, I want to try this new whip for a long time. But they're like that. You know why? Because your brain is the biggest sex organ that is period, point, blank. You're going to think about that when you don't too much think about anything else, okay? Um, also, when you get into this writing down your contract or your laws for your partner on your bondage, your kinky, and your sexy and all of that, your fetish, I would recommend personally before you get into this type of role playing and type of community, that you do write down your boundaries. You do discuss with your partner the safe words. Um, you may use words. You may use orders. You may use reprimands, the tone, and the downright audacity. It's what the turn on to most subs, somebody being able to tell them to do what to do and the aggressive of it. But at the end of the day, the dumb is going to protect the sub because the sub is the partner. And we already don't talked about this. And we already don't made a law for what we're doing as far as uh, our sex life, no matter where you're at. You could be in Timbuktu. It doesn't matter. Um, 
the turn on. The most of the turn on is just you just being downright damn rude. Um, the way you just talk to a person, the name calling, the being aggressive. That's the thing that as far as a husband, especially when your husband that is real meek and mild and you don't really say nothing. And so for you to be like that towards her, she's like, okay, then I understand. So it's more or less like the turn on for the sub is you're taking away their power. You're exposing them. They're geared up for the anticipation. It's the fear. Um his control, his protection, his desire, the love. And what I mean here is I'm talking about the dominant person. Um, a lot of times when you're in this type of control environment and you're doing the bondage with someone you know you've been with, it's more or less like you make that person feel alive. You make them think about their sexuality, their sensuality, and what can be different. Um, a lot of times you also know that they learn more about themselves because it is so hard to give up and be vulnerable, especially in a position to where you on a sexual tip and to let anybody put anything around your um, neck or to talk crazy to you. But it can be fun, too, because guess what? You can be at a family gathering with your, with your boot thing. And he might have a little something in his pocket. And he'll walk past you, and he'll tell you, when we get in the damn car, i put this around your neck. And because you guys are so close, because the bondage do bring a couple together, really close, um, it's the turn on for you. You know that he's not going to do anything to totally degrade you, but it is that turn on that where, okay, I'm used to this mild meek man, but he's getting downright grimy with me and talking. He's talking shit, and I like it, though. So a lot of times when you're doing it with a partner and you're doing it with somebody you've been with for a long time, your shame game, being shamed, being embarrassed and all that, that crap goes out the window. You ain't even thinking about that. You're thinking about your enjoyment. Um, the thing about, too, the dominant person, please pay attention to the safe words, the way they touch you. Um, a lot of times if there are, you guys are doing it in an uncomfortable environment, a safe word may come quicker than you think. Because at the end of the day, you have to, even though if you join like a, um, if you join like a fetish club or a, um, the bondage community, you have to be careful on the space that you're in. And actually, bondage, the reason why I say I always get with a partner that can be there and understand and you write down everything because bondage can get very expensive, guys. I say join a fetish. I say join a bondage club. I say join out a kink club, but you pay dues. You dress up. Uh, a lot of times if you're getting into your real bondage, a bed can be like $1,400, $1,500 without the mattress, like a cage, just a cage, crop cage, can be anywhere from thirty-five dollars to $5,000, and you're just sitting there on your butt. Um, bondage is 
when you're getting the real abundance furniture, and a lot of times these uh they have to be like handmade, and we have one here in Atlanta. It's called Liberator, and Liberator is the organization, the business that makes Adam and Eve products. So when they make each individual product, they have to test it, and then they ship it off to Adam and Eve. So that's something that we have here. And, you know, by Atlanta um, being as big as it is, I was just surprised we only have one here. So bondage is very expensive for a mask. You'll probably pay, I'm thinking the least from my standpoint of view is $950, $950. That might be the least pricey mask I have personally. You're going to pay for a lot of things when you get into the bondage. Your shoes with the spikes. You're going to run, I think a pair of boots can be 300 if you're doing heels with the no names, if you're not getting off into the Jeffrey Campbell and everybody that gets into that, like dog heels that had that type of goth type wear, your heels is going to be very expensive. So we're looking at 500 on up. So it's really not a price as far as the heels. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to Fetish Finesse with your girls and Miss Nisi. At this point, at 845, we will be taking callers. Thank you, guys. Okay, guys, welcome back. You are tuned in to the Fetish Finesse Show with the girl, Miss Nisi, on He Said What, RadioNetwork.com. Listen, guys, it's about that time. We have our tickets on Eventbrite. Um, the radio is hosting the first Nisi Meet and Greet. Yay! It is August the 21st. Um Doors open at 4.30, close to 5. Your ticket's on Eventbrite, $25 a head. Come out and meet your girl, Miss Nisi, on he said what, RadioNetwork.com. Also, it's going to be a little different type of event, so you really got to come out and see what's going on with your girl. Um, if you're looking to advertise, on he said what radio network dot com. Send your email to info he said what radio network dot com. Also, you can um, subscribe to the network YouTube channel by searching he said what radio. You can follow us on IG at he said what radio network dot com and fetish underscore finesse. Um, we are happy that you guys call in. We are happy that you're listening every week to every show, hopefully. 
to call in for any show is uh, 515-602-9647, and make sure you press 1. Again, 515-602-9647, and press 1. And also, go ahead and hurry up. Limited seats for August the 21st. Meet your girl. Um, August the 21st, doors open up at 4.30 to 5.30. We're going to get the road, we're going to get the show on the road. Come out and meet your girl. Um, which, your one thing I do want to say about the bondage, with your bondage, just make sure you establish your boundaries, your safe words, and always, always be safe when you're doing anything new. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the He Said What Radio Network. Please be sure to check out the website where you can find more of our shows on sports coverage, music showcases, and entertainment. Are you interested in giveaways? Sign up today to receive special members-only giveaways by visiting www.hesaidwhatnetwork.com now.